good evening. End of the business day. Happy a little after five o'clock on Friday. Hope everyone's gearing up for their weekend. We're going to keep this one nice and short and sweet. You're here on Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant struggle between large tech monopolies and traditional incumbents. We've been on a tear this week talking about Amazon business, looking at Zorro and Granger and what's going on with B2B distributors. Now, another article comes out, the study that says, surprise, surprise, MRO buyers, that's maintenance, repair, and operations, these large customers, the large customers that were never supposed to want to go work with Amazon, uh, are now primed for new channels, uh, i.e. Amazon business. Joined by Nick Johnson, co-author with me on Modern Monopolies. So interesting thing about this, too, is it said that many of these large buyers are already doing uh, something like 10 to 30% of certain kinds of products that they're already buying on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea that these folks wouldn't buy on Amazon is uh, going away very quickly. And I think the other takeaway from that article is that they're about to do a lot more buying and they see Amazon integrating more and more with big customers doing things like integrating into their ERP systems uh, and building all the kinds of things and integrations with big customers that for a long time, folks in the industry said, oh, Amazon would never do this. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly not the case. That's why they're, well, we talked earlier about this week about how there's an analyst who uh, I think it might have been RBC predicted them like 30 billion over the next four or five years. This is part of why. Well, no, the analyst was saying they're going to do 50 billion in GMV and he's low. 30 billion in revenue. 30 billion in revenue, but 50 billion in GMV. So they're going to quintuple GMV and he was low. I think they're going to be doing between 75 to $100 billion in GMV. He said by 2023. Right. Um, This year, I expect Amazon business to do between 15 to $20 billion in GMV. Uh, I've heard from good sources that they're doing around $7 billion in just MRO. Wow. MRO is a little over $100 billion just in the United States. So that means they've got, say, 7%-ish market share. Granger's only doing like 10 or 11-ish billion dollars yep. uh, totally, and they are an MRO B2B distributor. So, um, you know, would you say that in the next two years, Amazon business could be the largest MRO B2B distributor? Yeah, I'd say so. Which would give them basically a five-year run because they've been at it since 2016. Right. It's 2019. So yeah, by 2021, five years into it, um, the largest B2B distributor in MRO, which is the most commoditized part of any B2B vertical. It was one of the most formidable areas they identified early on. Yep. Is, uh, has now been overtaken by Amazon. Yeah. I, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. It's just, and now you're seeing it go into the large accounts. Oof, this, the, is this is bad news. This is what you see with platforms is they start, as Amazon did, bottom up. A lot of smaller buyers and sellers going after tailspin and this kind of uh, you know background stuff in order to just build that initial liquidity. And once they have that, then they can start going up the value chain and up the food chain. So this idea that oh, no, we can we retreat to value-added services, we can focus on big customers, uh, it works in the short term, but it isn't going to be a way to beat Amazon in the long term, I don't think. Yikes. Well, hey, honestly, it's on them. It's on. It's entirely on the incumbents. Like the incumbents that cry foul and say, 
oh, Amazon is not fair. Um, don't believe them. This was entirely in their ability to combat this. Um, and uh, I mean, MRO is tough. I don't, I don't, maybe you can fight for number two. I don't think you can fight at this point, just getting into marketplace. Right. In 2019, Amazon's doing it $7 billion in MRO. Even if you're a Granger, that's going to be I don't tough. Think you, I don't think you can beat them in number one. Um, I, I think now you're fighting for who's, who's number two. And there will be a number two. Yeah. There will be a number two. And they might have one that does well in something like electrical, you know, a subsegment basically of MRO. Uh, no, electrical is its own vertical. Well, in terms of the article, they were talking about electrical basically as part of MRO. Mm. I think there's another hundred billion in just electrical, but anyway. Um, okay. Chinese internet influencers. This one's hilarious. We've spoken about on the show about the rise of, about how there's a multi-billion dollar industry to uh, basically pay influencers to promote your stuff on instagram there's billions of dollars going to these influencers on instagram and other uh content social network platforms um instagram is not tapping into that but now they are slowly getting into that with you know the shopping part of um uh of instagram and and the commerce side of it what you can see here is chinese internet influencers help sell more than four billion dollars in goods uh, in 2018. And there's a whole holding company called Rune Holding and that basically represents all these influencers and helps do deals for them. 67% of advertisers this year said that internet celebrities and influencers have, are, have becoming their preferred method of advertising in China. I guess that means it's real because there's some gra gr grammatic issues. This was interesting. Shopping for trust. 68% of people are, uh, of consumers are prescribing and putting their trust. Oh, an influencer is representing this. Now, now that helps me have trust in the brand, right? Alibaba has heavily influenced into influencers. Alibaba is doing 100,000 live streams. The Kardashians yeah. were doing live streams on like Alibaba or something, one of Alibaba's shopping sites yeah. on Singles Day. One of the big interesting things you've seen out of this is live stream shopping. So, mm -hmm. you know, like QVC almost on steroids. Yep. Uh, where you have these influencers, but they're not just tweeting about products or like an Instagram, I'll post a picture of the product kind of thing. They're going on and actually like displaying and selling the product on a live stream uh, like you would on a QVC, but rather than, you know, that channel doing it, it's basically these influencers go and build their own audience. And there's particular streams like on Alibaba. And I know there's a number of others as well that are dedicated to just doing this. So, yeah, that's this chart. Live stream marketing revenue is now almost six billion yuan. So that's a little under a billion dollars U.S. Um, for. Uh, for. 1 billion yuan is $142 million. When did that happen? Wow. Did they really devalue their currency that much? No way. Yeah. Uh, seven. Yeah, they did. It used to be six to one. Now it's seven to one. 
Okay. Yeah. See there, how that works into that trade deal. There you go. Trade deals. Wow. Yeah. I was, the math is wrong. Wow. Okay. Never mind. I'm wrong. Um, so that was interesting. Oh, this was cool. This, this poor guy, one of China's most famous influencers, Lee Jiaki, went viral for the wrong reason when he tried to fry an egg on a nonstick pan earlier this year and the egg stuck to the pan. Oops. He also went viral after claiming to sell big meaty crabs from Soju. When customers received the crabs, they found them to not be big, meaty, or from Soju. (laughs) This guy is the epitome of fake news. The the fake news, Lee Jiaki. What? He's the fire festival of China. uh, Fake Lee Fire Jiaki. That's this guy. He, and and yeah, he's seven hundred million hits of people looking this guy up. But now he's a you know, no one can touch him. No one wants to do any shared videos. No one wants to do collabs. That's how these influencers, you know, they all do collabs and hang out together. No one wants to hang out with this guy anymore because he's fake. Uh, and this, I mean, this person who received ten undersized crabs, not from Soju, said he betrayed my trust. She said he, she used to watch his show daily, but is now no longer a fan. And the state newspapers also ripped this guy and is an example of why government regulation was necessary for influencers, of course. Amazing. Um, I don't know. It's all kinds of op- awesome, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, it's a whole business. Uh, it's a whole new world. I mean, you can literally just make millions of dollars taking photos of yourself and stuff. And it's great. It honestly is great. And, um, you know, with the really cool thing about it is if you want to talk about people, let's say in rural China or in rural parts of America, in terms of unlocking creative talents of people, as long as you have a phone, you're pretty much on equilibrium with everyone, un- unless you have like a celebrity parent or something who's going to give you all their followers. Right. That always but, helps. That always is nice to pass down the dynasty. But, you know, in terms of just enabling talent and people to get exposure and create a business or get fame and, and, you know, uh, be rewarded for it where they don't have any other chances or less chances. People and build an audience, then you can make a living doing it. It's the great equalizer, because if you wanted to be a celebrity in the old days, you know, you needed an agent and, and you right. had to be hooked up with an agent. And then, oh, the agent now knows this person. Lots of, lots of gatekeepers in the way between you and success. Now, it's never easy, of course, but now you have the opportunity that you wouldn't have had without these platforms. Yep. Uh, so it's very cool. I like it. Some parents might dread the idea of their kid growing up to be an influencer. But hey, you know, it's 2019. Get with the program. Um. Food delivery firms are divvying up the world market by market. Uh, basically, Delivery Hero, um, one of the few public European platform companies, um, is buying basically the South Korean equivalent for $4 billion. What else is going on with this, Nick? Anything? So they, they were in South Korea as the basically the number two player there, and this company, Wuwa, uh, Brothers is the name of the group, mm-hmm. was the number one sort of food delivery app. So if they combine, they will be far and away the number one. Uber Eats actually recently exited South Korea. Uh, I think uh, there are other companies in there. I think Coupang is one. 
uh, that they cited as competitors. The interesting thing, though, is they've actually exited other parts of their business. So they sold their German yep. food delivery business to takeaway.com, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is based in the Netherlands, another European competitor, basically, which made that the number one competitor by far in Germany. Uh, so what you're seeing is a lot of this winner-take-all dynamic, this consolidation where folks that, you know, if you're in a number two position or a number three position, you're not going to be sustainable long-term in many cases. And you, the, what you're seeing is that natural consolidation taking place where uh, they're not going to turn a profit as the number three player or something like that. So let's, all right, let's band together and and actually build a strong business. Um, so you're seeing that in Korea, you're seeing that in Europe, and uh, I think you're going to see more of it in the U.S. and other places, as we've talked about previously. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's also what Fritz was talking about yesterday when we right. had him on, co-founder of Chunar and many other things. It's basically, think of it, it's the Expedia of China. Um, and C-Trip is in Platt, which is, which, it, which is kind of the same company. They kind of merged. It's a little complicated. But anyway... Um, the guy's an amazing platform entrepreneur and they, they did this pseudo merger between C-Trip and Chunar, the two leading travel marketplaces in China in 2015 to have that same winner take all dynamic right. and you have a truce or you merge and now you can just kind of all benefit from, um, being the one dominant player rather than having to just continue to kill each other and, and and obliterate any margin that either business would have. So um, investors clearly like this move. What is interesting, though, is Uber Eats left South Korea in September. Yep. And when I was at that event with Dara uh, in October, he had said that maybe a year prior, so maybe 15 months ago, Dara, CEO of Uber, had basically said to the gang, look, we're either going to be number one or number two. If we're yeah. number three or four, we're leaving. We're not playing that game. We need to get to profitability. He saw this coming and he had already set these things in motion. So they exited from South Korea in September, which certainly helped to probably accelerate some of this and say, hey, let's just take a win here. Uber's gone. Right. I can roll this up. I've got some extra cash on my balance sheet. I sold off the, the German right. operation. Let's lock down Korea. These guys wanted an exit. Okay, fantastic. Boom. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense that uh, that you see this consolidation. Where have we not seen this consolidation? But it's badly needed. Is trucking the the like marketplace for trucking? Yeah, where you see a lot of competition between now uber and convoy and a ton of capital pour into that industry now and i expect you're going to start to see shakeouts like we had in food delivery five six years ago i expect you're going to see more growth and then eventually some consolidation in the next five to ten years in that industry and you have just you have a lot of incumbents that's the interesting here there's really no incumbents right i mean like a Grubhub or Folks that basically do a similar kind of platform business. Yeah, Grubhub. Yeah, we've seen Grubhub and and their earnings. Uh, Domino's or someone was. That's true. Someone was like Pizza Hut. Someone was screwing around with their food delivery program. Some restaurant was. I forget which one, but and trucking is probably one that we'd see on the on the horizon, uh, where there's a lot of competition. The um, oh, someone was just talking to me recently about the uh, kind of like. 
you know, like a tag sale, it, it, offer up, let go, Mercari. It's these kinds of like tag sale marketplaces, mm-hmm. like like a Facebook marketplace, like a Craigslist. Yeah. You know, very unstructured, kind of like you find good deals on these people like just want to move goods and yeah. kind of like online yard sale. Lots of competition in that space. Yep. Definitely a need for some roll-ups there. And I think these roll-ups are just being accelerated by the investors, just the general investor now stigma or 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 loss of desire to fund these unprofitable yep. ventures and losses and say, okay, you know, basically move on with it, folks. Like do the roll-up. Let's get to profitability. I'm not going to fund these basically pissing matches where you're just at each other's throats, burning capital. Maybe you earn a few extra points of market share at the expense of the other guy. Right. But just move on with it. You, you had a lot of money basically chasing returns and you basically had a land grab for like the last, I don't know, seven, eight years happening in a lot of industries. And I think investor expectations have really shifted as these companies started to go public and people actually started to see the numbers behind those land grabs. Uh, and I think that's, that dynamic is changing and you're going to see more uh, responsibility on the economic side for these businesses over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. In true typical fashion here, we're going into the weekend. You have a lot of buzz around um, the, uh, you know, the, the trade war or, or the lack of trade war and these kinds of things. You know, the Dow Jones is kind of flat up slightly. I think uh, the S&P 500 is up slightly. Yeah, um, the market's kind of collectively shrugged. <laughs> but for some say. reason, you know, Platt has actually been on a tear recently. It was up over 1%. This was it today. Uh, yeah, up over 1% today. So um, this one's actually a better view. Um, so, but... What was interesting is I was looking at this, the large tech, the large tech monopolies like the Googles, they're actually largely unaffected by this. And Apple is affected by this, but the large tech monopolies actually have kind of stayed the same. It's the other smaller uh, platforms that are moving for a variety of reasons. I don't even know if it's how much of it is really trade related. You've got 70 companies in, you know, in the index, but um, when you compare that, jump versus these other tech indices like this is IYW this is what I benchmark it against a lot this is um a a a full tech sector ETF um which is up 43 basis points today so <clears throat> that has SaaS tech companies that has uh like uh, semiconductor you know like chip companies in it um QQQ this is up 33 basis points that's the Nasdaq Hundred, so there's all sorts of tech companies in this, and then this WTMD DPL. That's the actual index. Plat is the actual ETF, um, and that's up 121 basis points today. So it was really interesting as I was looking at it, and you can kind of see the flows of it. I think there's some trade in it, but you're also just you know you're seeing things. Um, you're seeing like you know Expedia had a nice jump because Barry Diller ejected the you know right. so it's it's interesting to see how the whole basket moves. But I think trade's affecting it to a certain degree, of course. Um, but you know not all the platform stocks are actually 
truly affected by right. it. Right. A lot of them are asset light and don't necessarily have goods that are moving from an international supply chain to the same degree that you know, a hardware business would. Right. Which is why someone like Apple is much more affected than someone like Google. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, folks. That's it for us today on Winner Take All. Have a great weekend. And we will we'll talk to you next week.